you know, it's an honor to be a part of this community. It's an honor to uh, hang out with uh, everyone once a month. And uh, God is doing something. And, um, and uh, last month uh, I shared a word about following Christ and what it is to follow Jesus. And uh, tonight I feel the share on the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and as I was driving here today, I was asking the Lord, uh, God, what, what word would you want to share tonight? And, and just on top of what I had prepared, and I just felt the word suddenly. And I believe God wants to have a suddenly moment with us tonight. Just the suddenly of God. And, um, and you know, we as a community uh, in March spent 14 days praying and fasting. And I know 88 of you on Facebook said that you were going to be a part of that in some way. And, uh, you know, for some that was food, for some that was Facebook, for some that was, you know, so maybe you weren't part of the 88 because you were fasting Facebook. But whatever that was for you, uh, our desire was that it would be more of God, that we would have more of Him. And I, I just, I want more of Him. I want more of Him tonight. I, I don't want anyone to leave without having more of God tonight. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want you to have more of God. God desires for you to have more of Him. And, and that's where we're going to kind of camp tonight, you know. We want more of Him. You know, in Acts 1, Jesus leaves and He, and he says, wait for the Holy Spirit. And there were 500 people present. We talked about this a month ago. And then Acts 2, they were waiting in the upper room and there were only 120 still waiting, praying and worshiping. And then the Holy Spirit came. And Acts 2, we read this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's pray. God, we are here to meet with you. And God, we desire more of you. Tonight, we desire more of you. God, we open our hearts, we open our spirits, we open up our minds to the more of you. That God, where our capacity is a certain level, increase our capacity tonight for you. Father, we come against every distraction in this place. Every, every hindrance that would stop us from, from growing and knowing more of you. God, we want more of you. Holy Spirit, let us suddenly, let every person here tonight have a suddenly moment with you. That they leave here never the same again. God, we want to encounter you. God, we don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We don't want to um, talk about the things of God. We want to experience you tonight in everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, I believe when we receive salvation, we receive the Spirit in us. But I firmly believe that there is this, this moment, uh, this, this thing that Jesus talked about, about, you know, overfilling of the Spirit. And that was the Acts 2 thing. You know, Jesus instructed the disciples to wait and pray for the Holy Spirit to come. They needed the baptism, the overflow. The word baptism means to be fully immersed, to be so saturated with God. You know, in the Old Testament, in Genesis 2, uh, it says that, or in Genesis 1, Genesis 1, I think it says, verse 2, it says, 
anyway, Genesis 1, you'll, you'll know when I say it. The Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. Before God created, you know, everything, the Spirit of God was hovering. And then in the New Testament, we see a lot of words where, you know, this resting, where it's, you know, the resting of the Holy Spirit. And it's imperative that we seek to allow the Holy Spirit to hover or rest over us. And tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, the rest of God, about how the Holy Spirit wants to rest on us tonight. And in that we find rest. This is what Jesus was talking about when he says, greater works you will do. You know, wait for my Holy Spirit. Wait for that hovering, for that resting. And then when the disciples got that, they went out with this Holy Spirit that was in them, this person that came a part of them, that was in their spirit. See, not only is the Spirit hovering tonight, but he wants to rest on every person here. He wants to rest on you. He wants you to leave with him resting like, like that dove that rests on Jesus when he was baptized. You know, John says, great, and we'll read that in a minute, but that, that dove, that resting. Tonight, God wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It isn't an it or a thought or a conjure of our imagination, but the Holy Spirit is a person. John fourteen sixteen says, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. Isn't that amazing? That the Spirit of Truth. You know, we go, hey God, what's a direction? I want need to know what to do. The Spirit of Truth. He promised the Spirit of Truth would be with us forever. A counselor. John 16.21 says, I have more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but then He, the Spirit of Truth, comes. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will not speak on what he hears. He will only tell you what is to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. See, we think as the Father as a person. That's pretty easy to, to you know, we have earthly fathers. So we can look at God the Father. He created the stars. He created the earth. We, we can kind of believe that. That God is a father, that the father God, that's an easy. And the fathers have sons. So, you know, Jesus, we, we know the story. We can believe that there was a baby in Bethlehem. Uh, that's easy to believe that a father has a son, Jesus, um, you know, went to the cross, died for us. You know, we can wear a cross around our neck. We can remember that. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person, too. And sometimes he, he's, he's mysterious, he, he, he's different. He's not in the flesh. You know, Jesus was flesh to flesh, bone to bone. He was like us. But the Holy Spirit is this mysterious thing. It's, it, it's this person that's mysterious. And his acts are so removed from everything that makes sense to the rational, intellectual, uh, analytical mind. And that's why it's sometimes hard to believe this is a person that lives inside of us, that wants to speak to us. The Spirit of truth wants to guide us. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is also not an additional option to the Christian faith. Holy Spirit is not an accessory. You know, Jesus was quite clear about waiting for the Spirit to come. He says, don't go on unless the Spirit, you know, comes. Wait, wait for the Holy Spirit. It'll teach you more than I can teach you. It'll, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And yet we can see the Holy Spirit as an extra option. We can see Christianity and, and like a feature on a car. Well, I got air conditioning. Eh, I don't really need the Holy Spirit. I'm okay without it. 
I got cruise control. I'm good. But it's like this accessory. But it's not. It's like if we treat Christianity with the Holy Spirit as accessory, it's like, you know, cutting the, on my body in half and saying, well, that half's Travis and that other half. Like, huh? Like it's, it's wholeness. It's, it's the Trinity, all three together. See, the church needs to get the revelation. We need to get the revelation that without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing and are nothing. See, I need the Holy Spirit. It's not just wind. It's not just fire. It's not just manifestations or some phenomena. But it's, it, it, is, it is what Joel prophesied. This is that. This is what Joel said. I will pour out my Spirit. It's, it's what in the Garden of Eden is before that hovering of the Spirit of God. That's what the Holy Spirit comes. See, we've come to look on the Holy Spirit as a supplement, an incidental, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, icing on the cake, the, the cherry on the pie, and, and some Sometimes we don't put icing on the cake or the cherry on the pie because it may offend people. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is the whole cake. Christianity is the whole pie with the cherry on top. It's everything. And we need to be people that are so hungry for the Spirit of God. Without Him, we have nothing. Sometimes, you know, we we tell the Holy Spirit where to go and what to do like a dog. Okay, I need to go here. I need you to do this. I need to... You know what? Do we, do we spend time going, Holy Spirit, what do you say today? You're in me. You're speaking to me. You're my counselor. You're my comforter. You're the Spirit of truth that directs me. Holy Spirit. See, when I was a kid, I, you know, I, I learned the Scripture and I would, you know, went to Sunday school and we college and things. But when Christianity came alive to me is when I had an experience with God. When I realized that it's real. That it's not just words on a page, but there's this Holy Spirit that comes inside of us. And I remember being in a prayer room uh, in a church at downtown Edmonton, Central Tabernacle, and I, and, and I just had this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember speaking in tongues for the first time. I remember this just the power of God coming over me as a 13, 14-year-old on a chair, very similar to that, but it was probably teal. And um, no, maybe it was black. It was teal or black. And in the prayer room. And I remember that day. And I remember there was this, this moment where it's like this became alive. See, any version of Christianity that doesn't have the power of the Spirit is missing it. It's the DNA. See, why do we see it as an accessory? Why do we see it as a supplement? I, I find that when I look at it as a supplement or accessory, it's because of fear, rational thinking, intellectual thinking. We put up walls because of what we have seen. You know, we're orderly people. And, and while well, I, you know, I, I've seen some weird stuff under the name of the Spirit. I've seen people do some weird things. And I'm not weird. I don't want to be weird. I don't want the weird stuff. And so, so we say that. And we say we don't want the weird stuff. God, I want you, but I don't want the weird stuff. But the reality is, is that you know, whatever is on the other side of the butt is what we really serve. But God, I want you, but I don't want the weird stuff. Oh, so the weird stuff takes the priority is what we actually are judging. We're, we're telling God what is best for us. His ways, his thoughts, he, he, he is bigger than our intellectual thinking. And what I can see, my small picture of myself and say what's best for me isn't what's really best for me. God, I want what you think is best for me. And you said the Holy Spirit is important, and I want all of it. 
It doesn't matter what happens. And I think it comes down to trust. Do I trust him? Will I let fear? Will I let pride? Will I let what people think? Will I let all of that hold me back? Or will I say, God, I want more of you. I don't care what it looks like, but I want you. I'm not going to put up a wall of fear, a wall of thinking, or my analytical thoughts. See, in my rational thinking, am I deciding what is good for me? It may make sense in my analytical mind. And many of you know me, I'm an engineer, and so I have an analytical mind. I I suffer from a condition called the paralysis of analysis. And uh, maybe you've heard of it, and maybe you do suffer of it too, but... um, where I can analyze to the point of not doing anything because I'm trying to figure out each option. I have my spreadsheet, you know, <laughs> figuring it out. You know, one of my friends, he was buying a car, and he had his spreadsheet of all the uh, black, lit, black book pricing, and then he checked every price on Kijiji, and he was comparing it. I mean, that's the kind of people analytical people are. We, you know, we compare and, and, uh, and, and, and analyze. And sometimes we can analyze the things of God. But God's shown me as great as my mind is, as great as my thoughts are, His ways are greater. His thoughts are higher. The Holy Spirit is not an extra or accessory. It's the main thing. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. The other thing God wants to minister tonight is the Holy Spirit wants to rest on us. In Acts 2 They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, we read. In the scripture, there are a few symbols of the Holy Spirit. One is a dove. And, you know, at the age of 30, Christ was baptized at the Jordan River by his cousin John. And we read, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Matthew 3.16. And this is the account of the Holy Spirit is mentioned actually as a dove in all four Gospels. So all four writers. This is not just a, a little detail. This was a main thing. It was in every Gospel. And, and you know, in Exodus 33, you know, it says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest, God said to Moses. You know, there's something about the resting of the Holy Spirit. Or the, the resting of that dove, that, that imagery of that dove where it sits on the shoulder and, and as you move there's a dove and the Holy Spirit like chose to come as the symbol and it, of this dove and to sit on the shoulder. And I believe tonight God wants to rest like a dove on each of us. He, he wants that, that, that resting. God, would we be a rest? Would we be a perch for your Holy Spirit? That we, that God, not just we know that we have your Holy Spirit, but God, that, that where it's just that resting of the greater, that more, that overfilling, that, that moment where they came to rest upon him in Acts 2. The tongues of fire came to rest. There was a flame over every person. And in also, you know, we find rest in the Holy Spirit too. As the Holy Spirit rests on us, we also find rest in the Holy Spirit. Peace. You know, peace is defined in Scripture um, is not really a passive thing. We, we think of peace. Hey, peace, bro. You know, peace in the Middle East, you know. Uh, we just think, you know, like peace is this really like, yeah, let's smoke some weed. Peace, man, you know. Like that's how I envision peace, right? You know, the, like the 70s or something, you know, and, and the tie-dye t-shirt. Um, but, but uh, and no offense to anyone wearing a tie-dye t-shirt. 
But, you know, it's, it's in the Bible, it's more of this wholeness, this, this, this wellness. God is a source of all peace. It's this harmony with God and harmony with person. And it's this, this, this wholeness concept. And in the story of Noah, I know it's uh, Noah, if you've not seen the movie, I've not yet, but you've probably read about 15 articles about it on Facebook and comments of whether to see it or not to see it. And I'm not even going to get into that. But, you know, the story of Noah in the Bible um, is, you know, this ark is in the flood for days. And Noah sends out a dove of all the birds, a dove and a raven. But he sends out a dove to dry land. The dove came back and then it went out again. And when it came back the second time, it had an olive leaf in between its, its beak. And um, you know what's significant? The olive leaf is from the trees that the priests of that time would then use later in that time would use um, to anoint with oil. And it's another symbol of the Holy Spirit. So here the dove, a symbol of the Holy Spirit, would bring back this olive leaf of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, in fact, the dove um, uh, with the olive branch is a symbol of peace, actually, worldwide. It, it is the national, it's the international symbol of peace, universal symbol. You know, peace is a fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says. You know, to have rest of God, we need to let the Holy Spirit rest on us so we can find rest in His presence, a peace. God tonight wants to minister rest to everyone in this place. Maybe you feel like there's just this season of just, ah, God, I don't know what's going on. God wants to minister rest. The Holy Spirit wants to rest on you to minister rest to your spirit. You know, Ezekiel 37 is a key verse of resurgence. Talking about, you know, Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, and he's set in this, in this valley. And, you know, I was in uh, Fairview a few weeks ago, about a month and a half ago, and, and God just showed me a picture, and I read the scripture again. And you know how you can read a scripture over and over, and you, some word just sticks out. And I read it this time, and in one version that I read it, um, you know, it says that Ezekiel was set down in the valley of dry bones. But it actually, in another version, says he was laid to rest in the valley of dry bones. And I believe God is saying, you know, he wants to minister rest. That in the hardest situations, he was in that hard valley. But God used Ezekiel. He, he laid him down to rest. He rested him. He just didn't plunk him down. There was this, there's this, this word rest. And in, in our going and our coming and what God's called us to do, I believe God wants to minister rest and know that he wants you to rest in what he's called you to do. There's not a striving. You know, the Holy Spirit brings a sense of well-being, contentment, wholeness to believers, whatever their outward circumstances look like. Peace is an indication of the Holy Spirit's presence. You know, many times in my life I've prayed for peace, um, especially when making big decisions. And I think I, I was thinking back to this. I remember um, when I was in junior high, I remember my brother who's nine years older was uh dating his now wife and and i remember there was a season where he was praying for peace on the relationship and i remember that word because he was like i need peace and and so i've always remembered that okay when you need like direction and you're like trying to figure out what to do it's like you just pray for peace and so i was like it just kind of over the years it's like i want to pray for peace and so this last summer um some of you know and many of you know is that we had just a real decision of resurgence and there was this idea of myself going full-time which I now full-time uh, minister through resurgence and that's my job and so it was like God do I do this or not I, I need peace and uh, I remember praying for peace and um, I met with my same brother and I, he said so what are you going to do and I said 
well, I think I'm going to do it. I feel like God's called me to do it, but I, I'm praying for peace. And uh, he goes, what does peace look like? And I said, well, peace looks like a lot of money, you know, the whole budget for resurgence. That's to be honest. Like I was just being straight up. It's like, how are we going to pay? How, how are we going to do this? You know, uh, what does it financially look like? And I'm the analytical person and, you know, had the budget. And it's like, that's what peace looks like. And he said, well, that really isn't peace, is it? I said, huh? He said, that's more, you know, not really trust in God or faith either, is it? I'm like, huh? You know, just stop, you know. I just want to stick with my peace thing, you know. I like it. It sounds cool, praying for peace. He's like, what you're really praying for is control. Whoa. (laughs) Easy, 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 easy. (laughs) Want to go get a coffee? You know, like, I don't want to talk about this now. Why do you have to say these things? You know, many times um, we want peace, but we actually want control. We want to know how it's going to work out. We want to be in control because there's tranquility in controlling the situation. We, we know what's going to happen if we're in control. It's my, it's my, it's my duty. I can, I, can, I can provide. I can do it. I, I can figure it out. But, you know, that isn't peace. We have peace when we know what is going to happen, you know, when we, when we think. But, see, God wants us to know a different kind of peace, not control. He wants us to trust Him. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way, but do it our way. We want to rest in our own ability. We want to rest in, but God wants us to rest in His control. Do we surrender to Him and say, Holy Spirit, I, I need your peace. See, peace is a person. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. When the dove rests on us, there's peace. We carry the atmosphere of Jesus where we go. And, and you know, peace is not just this passive thing, but it's the wholeness with Christ. It's this, it's this tranquility. It's, you know, it's, it's this, um, it's, yeah, it's this just, we feel and know the presence of God. It's a person. Does that mean the storms stop? No. But the perspective changes. Does that mean we're in control? opposite he is is it scary yeah but god calls us to trust him romans 16 19 says i'm just quoting a verse i don't know what's so funny be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil and the god of peace will soon crush satan underneath your feet some of you might know a song. Some of you are like new to the church, like, huh? What's so funny? There's a, there's a song in the 90s that uh, was popular. And I will not sing it for you. But the disciples, so moving on. But the God of peace will soon crush Satan. God, God is a God of peace. He'll soon crush Satan. God is on our side. Peace is a force. Peace, peace, peace cares for us. Peace, peace is the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And it's the atmosphere of Jesus. He wants us to be at a peace, to be at that, you know, in, in engineering, there's a concept, a law, I believe, of equilibrium or natural frequency. 
and I, it's been a while, but in, in statics, when a bridge is, is, is a, there's a certain frequency that a bridge, the, the harmonies of the bridge. And so that's why when an earthquake happens, it goes against those frequencies, and that's when a bridge will fall or a building will fall down because the actual harmony is disrupted. See, God wants us to live at the frequency of heaven, the frequency of his harmony, the frequency of peace, and that's peace found in the Holy Spirit. See, the disciples are in a boat in Luke 8, and Jesus is sleeping in the middle of the storm in the boat. And it's in great danger, the Bible says in Luke 8. Great danger. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, mince words. They were in great danger. Like, uh, that's not like there was water coming in the boat. And I've seen pictures of some of these boats. Like, they're little boats. And Jesus is sleeping. He's sleeping. How can he sleep? He's in peace. He's in harmony with heaven. He's a harmony of heaven. You know, the storm, the wind, the circumstances aren't affecting him. Then in Acts 27, there's another boat ride, and Paul's in the boat this time. And it said that the ship was caught in the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave away to it and were driven along and driven into the shore. I want to ask you tonight, who's driving our ships? Is it the storm or is it the Prince of Peace? I want to be in the boat with the Prince of Peace. I want the peace of Holy Spirit to permeate my life. That when a circumstance comes, that it's not a reaction, but it's like, okay, that sucks, but now what can I do? God, what are you asking me? Holy Spirit, speak to me. That sucks, but now what? What do I do? Holy Spirit also gives us power to live. Holy Spirit gives us power to live. See, it's a great gift from God, the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you get power. And He has come to give power. To make a difference. Not just doctrines, but empowering presence of God. Karis, I don't know if you you could come and play. That would be awesome. For the sake of the lost and dying, He gives us a power. This is that, what Joel prophesied. You know, Peter and John in Acts 3, they go to the temple right after the Holy Spirit came in, 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 in the upper room and, and, and they're just full of the Holy Spirit. And there's this beggar there that, that they probably have seen before many times and he's there asking for money and maybe they've given him money before, I'm not sure. But Peter, they, they go to him, they go, silver and gold we have, but the power of God we do. Get up and walk. And this lame person walks. Why? Because the power of God. The power of God is in this place tonight. And maybe, maybe you have sickness in your body. God wants to heal you tonight. We have seen, as Andrew reminded in the prayer room, you know, we're talking about how many people have been healed through resurgence. Why? Because we believe the power of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And you know what? There's peace that God wants to speak. Peace even to, to people. I feel tonight like God wants to speak peace. You know, um, you know there's that, that frequency of heaven, of peace. And some of the conditions, and I was praying in the back room, I was seeing like fibromyalgia, different conditions where the body attacks the body, where there's not a peace in the body. And God tonight wants to deliver that that peace. He wants the Holy Spirit to just come on you, rest on you, and, and minister to your body, food allergies and intolerances and things that, that it's just the body fighting the body and your stomach's fighting your stomach sometimes and that going on. God wants to heal you. There's power in the Holy Spirit. The year was 1871 and um, 
D.L. Moody, who was a, an amazing evangelist and pastor and teacher, he, you know, realized more and more how little he was fired up about his ministry and his personal achievements and, and what he was doing. And, and there was this intense hunger and thirst inside of him for the spiritual power. And he was aroused in, in his spirit. He was, he was just, one time he's preaching in his church and these two women who always would be sitting in the front row, they used to attend his meetings and he had a big church and they would attend and they would say, we've been praying for you, D.L. Moody. And he said to them, why do you pray for me? Like, pray for the people. Like, I'm saved, but, you know, let's reach the people. Pray for all the people that are coming in. Like, you're crazy. And he says, because you need the power of the Spirit, they would say. I need power? Why? Said Mr. Moody in relating the incident years later. He says this, I thought I had power. I had the largest congregations in Chicago, and there were many conversions. I was in a sense satisfied, but right along with those two godly women kept praying for me. And an earnest talk about anointing for a special service set me to thinking. I asked them to come and talk with me. And they poured out their hearts in prayer that I may receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. There came a hunger in my soul. I did not know what it was. I began to cry out as I had never did before. I really felt that I did not want to live if I could not have this power for service. You know, there was a great fire in Chicago and D.L. Moody had a big church and his relief work uh, was hampered in the north side of the tabernacle and so he had to go to New York to secure funds to to build the the church and to fix it and and as he was walking New York it reads this he says my heart was not in the work of begging I could not appeal I was crying all the time that God would fill me with his spirit well one day in the city of New York oh what a day I cannot describe it I seldom refer to it. It's almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience of which he never spoken for 14 years. I can only say that God revealed himself to me. And I had an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. I went to preaching again afterwards. And this experience happened on Wall Street in New York. And in the midst of the bustle and hustle and the hurry of Wall Street, his prayer was answered. The power of God fell on D.L. Moody. And as he walked up the street, he had to hurry off to the house of a friend and asked, can I have a room by myself? And there in that room, he spent time with God. He stayed alone for hours and the Holy Ghost came and filled his soul and ministered to him such a joy. And it says that with such a joy that at least at last he had to ask God to withhold his hand, lest he die on the spot from the very joy. He went out from that place with the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new tr- truths, yet hundreds were converted. I would not show, I would not know what happened. I would not go back to where I was before. That blessed experience, if you, you would give me all the world, it would be as small as dust of the balance. You would not go back. The power of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. See, when we have the Spirit resting on us, we operate from rest, from peace, and with power.
John 10 is this scripture where Jesus sends people out and he says, go two by two, the disciples, and I want you to go two by two, no purse, no bag, no sandals. I'm sure it was hard for the guys, you know, no purse. But they went. And he says, when you go to a house, say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, return to him. And why did they do this? You know, I believe God wanted them to lean completely on the Spirit of God. They went with nothing. They went, he was teaching them how to learn to work with the Spirit that was in them. They had no security blanket. They had to lean into him. He was raising up a company of people whom the Holy Spirit could rest and remain on. The goal was to lean on the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, when I began in ministry, a friend of mine, my youth pastor Trevor, he used to always call me and say, Travi, lean into God. Lean into God. And I'm like, what do you mean lean into God? Like, like lean? What's that mean, you know? And what he meant was, and he still says it to this day, is step out beyond normal. Step out so you can't do it on your own. God wants us to step out when we can't do it on our own so that we rely on Him. And what He was teaching the disciples there was, don't take anything, but, but, but allow my Holy Spirit to make a way. Tonight He wants to fill us. I saw an analogy like of a pool. You know, when you're a kid, you're in the pool and you get to that deep end and there's that drop off. And it's that... I want to go deeper, but I can't very swim very well. But I want to, I want to. So you kind of do the like flirt of it, you know? And it's like, oh, too deep. And then you kind of like move back. And you kind of, you don't want to lose control. But you still, or sometimes you hold on to the edge. And I used to, I used to hang out at the edge. I remember at the Millwoods Rec Center in the wave pool. Because there's that drop off. It was fun at the drop-off, but it, but it was deep. God wants us to go beyond where we touch our toes and are in control. The word baptism is like a ship being sunk with water, and it's water in the ship and outside. It's like going down, totally immersed. No little sprinkle, no little splash, total immersion. God wants us to be so immersed by the Holy Spirit that when we leave here, we leak it. We, there's just the Holy Spirit overflow. Such an overflow only comes to those who want to receive it. In Acts, we have the terms baptized, poured out, we read, given, received, filled, and come upon. As Jesus baptized us, the Holy Spirit is poured out lavishly, available to all who come, and given, freely given to those who receive that open themselves, take down the walls, say, God, I let you do whatever you want to do. And he comes, and, you know, to come upon means to fully embrace you. The Holy Spirit fully embraces you. See, God's in complete control. There's rest today. He wants to speak rest. God never made you by mistake. I feel he wants to share to some people. God never made you by mistake. 
He's in complete control and knows where you are. He knows who walked out and left you. He knows who betrayed you. He knows who maybe hurt you or even molested you or did something terrible to you. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he knows. And the Holy Spirit saying tonight, you may feel rejected. You may have a breakup. You may not know where your dream is or what God's going to happen. He knows your bills. He knows your degree. He knows what job you need. He knows your coming and your going. He knows it all. He knows about your sickness. He knows about the worries about your family. He knows about everything on your mind. And he's saying, tonight I want to rest upon you. And I want to speak rest over your body, over your heart, over your mind, over everything that that worries you. The peace of God is here. And he's a person. See, to rest in the Holy Spirit, we need to surrender all of it. Today, every anxiety, every worry, every sickness, he wants to speak peace to the storm. And the Holy Spirit, like a dove, wants to come. Why don't we just close our eyes? Yeah. Just place your hand on your heart. I want you to just ask, and maybe this is for new for some of you, but just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And just to come and minister peace to you right now. Maybe it's a healing you need. Maybe it's uh, just things on your heart that are just churning in, in your mind. Speak peace. How do we just release peace in this place? Just ask the Lord for peace. And whatever area you need peace, you to ask the Holy Spirit so in your mind just go Holy Spirit in your, in your own thoughts and just say what are you speaking to me right now what are you saying to me right now about this and I believe he's going to speak to you people are just being some people are just being healed right now there's some emotional things that are just breaking off where Holy Spirit is healing hearts right now there's physical bodies that you need a healing God's touching you right now every eye closed, head bowed. If if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to know Him tonight, I want to give you that opportunity. He wants to know you. 
He wants to become in your heart tonight and change you and love you and just, oh, it's the greatest miracle that can ever happen. And he's here tonight and he's knocking. If that's you tonight and you say, I want, I want to receive Jesus, just would you raise your hand in this place? Yeah, see that hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to wait a few more minutes. Anyone else? Yeah. 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 The Lord's just ministering to people. If you're just asking, just to have your hand on your chest, just keep asking what He's saying over you. I believe God's just speaking over some people. Just tune me out and listen to the Holy Spirit. He's just ministering to people all across this room. But I'm going to pray with those that you you, you raised your hand and we're just going to pray together. So I want you to repeat after me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart tonight. I want to know you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come and make me anew in you. I thank you that you love me. And I invite your Holy Spirit to come even now as I accept you into my heart to come and change me. To come and make me more like you. To come and reveal the love of God to me. Reveal peace to my spirit. Jesus' name. Prayed that prayer tonight. We would like to hear from you and just connect with you. And uh, Braden, who's sitting right down here in the front row, he he's got his hand up. He wants to meet you, so come say hi to him and and connect with you. But Holy Spirit's here. There's more of God tonight. There's a suddenly. And as I prepared for this night, I just, I felt this won't be like any other night. There's a suddenly moment tonight. And and I just, God is ministering across this place. His spirit is hovering on this place. And he wants to rest in a greater way and overfilling on every person that wants that tonight. And so we're going to open the altars and we're going to pray tonight for you. And we're going to pray that the, the Spirit of God, that dove, will rest on you. And I want to encourage every person in this room, don't leave without an overflow because we can't do it on our own. I want more. I want more of God. He wants you to have more of Him. More than I want more of Him, He, he, he wants us to have more. There's so much more of God. The Holy Spirit is not an accessory. It's the main thing. It's to give us power. So why don't we stand across this place? Tonight we're going to open the altars and if you have to leave, you uh, bless you and thank you so much for coming. But I'd encourage you to just come and let's, 
God wants to do something as we linger in his presence. And, uh, there's going to be snacks at the back and, and thank you, Colette and the team, and just, just to, for you to fellowship and connect with others. But let's not connect with others and misconnecting with him. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for the great privilege that we can come in your presence. We thank you that you are here. That you are a person. And we invite you to do now everything you want to do in our hearts tonight. God, we want more. We want to be so filled. We want an overflowing, a baptism, a, a something that overflows, God, that we leave here and are never the same again. God, that we leave here change. We leave here and people say, what happened to you? Something happened. Something changed. God, in that upper room where they waited and they prayed, God. And God, there was a suddenly moment, a sound like a, a rushing violent wind. God, we ask for that sound to be released tonight. We ask for your spirit to come in a greater way. God, we need you. It's just another service. It's just another thing. It's just, God, it's eternity. God, we are called to be different. We're called to be empowered by your spirit. And so, God, we just... We receive you tonight. We receive you to rest on us tonight, God. God, every bit of fear, every rational thinking, every bit of control where we've tried or we've we've thought peace looked a certain way, we surrender it to you tonight. We repent for where we've treated you like some kind of animal and we've said, okay, do this, or some kind of it. But Holy Spirit, we repent where we've blasphemed or we've spoken against or we've, we've hurt you in any way. But God, we want to be receptive for that dove to land on our shoulder, for that dove to come down with that olive branch, the, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the, the wind of God in its, in its wings. God, we want you to be never the same again. In Jesus' name. So if that's you tonight, if you want more, just come. something in that response that just calls out, um, just like trust. Like, God, do we trust you? Can we let go of control and can we let go of maybe the fear that maybe we even feel entitled to, but God, like, do we trust you? We want to trust you, Jesus. We need to trust you, God. There was just, um, there was a season in my my life where, like, the storm was going, like, all crazy, and I was freaking out, and I didn't know what to look at, and I didn't know where to turn, and, um, and there was just this, like, element of hearing him say, just like, do you trust me? Like, let me be your home, let me be what you need, 
and um, and this came out of it. And as even as Trav was speaking, there was just like this element of like, God, I want to trust you, even though I don't understand. Like, there's a reason why it says a peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> Go figure, right? Hmm. So we're gonna like continue. Feel free to. to just be and just seek the heart of the Father for truth right now. Hmm. It goes something like this. I trust in you. I trust in you. Just 
Jesus. We need you, Jesus. 